you people have taken over our committee. We will not stand for that. What an unpleasant thing that would be to hear. I'll be asking my guests today to give some context to those words and to find out what happened when the Republican Party of Arkansas refused to seat 71 newly elected delegates from the Pulaski County Republican Committee or the Pulaski County Republican Convention, pardon me, at their recent state convention. That's coming up on this edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 209 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I'll never pretend a man can become a woman. And I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to mention. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. So that quote, you people have taken over our committee. We will not stand for that. We're going to try to find out what that means on today's show. But first, let me introduce our guests, Wendy Potter, Secretary of the Pulaski County Convention, and Lori Justice, chair of the Pulaski County Convention. How are y'all doing today? Well, how are you? Doing good, doing, doing good. Well, Thank you. Fantastic. Um, I'll tell you what, let me um we're we're gonna let you guys um talk about whatever you want to about what happened in your recent experience of getting involved in politics. Um let, I guess let's start with uh Lori Justice, chair of the Pulaski County Convention. Can you give some some context to this to this quote about you people have taken over our committee and we will not stand for that? Yes, um, that is a quote that uh, by Linda Dyson um, to one of our new county committee members uh, the Thursday night before. The credentials committee uh, had, before we had to come in front of the credentials committee to give our side of the story, we were at a regular county committee meeting, and he was speaking with Alan Kerr, and Alan Kerr is also one of the complainants on the letter. And uh, Okay, now wait a minute. You said he was speaking with Alan Kerr. Who, Linda's a she, obviously. Who, who's Who's he? Linda, I mean, excuse me, um, he is one of our new committee members. Okay. He just joined recently okay. in February. Right. right. And he was, uh, this gentleman was speaking with Alan Kerr, and he asked Alan Kerr when he had a problem with the ballot. And Alan Kerr said, well, I've always had a problem with the ballot. And this gentleman said, well, then why didn't you bring that up that night of the convention? Yeah. And uh, Linda Dyson was standing beside him, and Linda said, what is your name? And he told her, 
And she said, well, you people have taken over our county committee and we are not going to stand for that. And of course, Alan heard her because they're both of these people were the complainants on, you know, on the letter that was sent uh, about us. And Alan looked at her and said, Linda, shh, don't say that. <laughs> he was trying to, to hush her up because she was saying the quiet part out loud. And this was the entire reason for this complaint. Now, Linda Dyson, uh, Linda Dyson, in the interest of full disclosure, um, is the uh, the chair of the North Pulaski Republican Women's Club. And right. Alan Kerr is a former member of of the state legislature and also former insurance commissioner of the, of the state of Arkansas. And, right, and his wife is our current county chair for our county committee. Yes. I met her back in December, but I've never been introduced to her, but that's a whole nother show. Um, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, there, there was a concerted effort, um, by conservative Republicans to, get involved, and take over not only the Pulaski County Republican Committee, but other Republican committees, uh, county committees here in the state of Arkansas, uh, in the hopes of, I think, getting the um, getting the state of Arkansas Republican Party to actually pay attention to and... Um, Stick with the the party platform, which is actually quite conservative. Um, uh, let me let me get uh, Wendy Potter in here too, uh, secretary of the Pulaski County Convention. So you guys had had a couple of meetings in which you tried to get things squared away and organized on the county level um, to get ready for the the statewide convention, right? Yeah, we ended up having to make our convention go into two nights just due to us having some, some we'll say, hiccups on that very first night. Yeah. So the very first night of the convention, we ended up not leaving until 2.30 a.m. Oh, my. So we had to um, conclude the rest of the convention on July the 7th. Yeah. So that's when we finished it up, and that was the night that we also elected our alternate. Right. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, I was asked to be present for the – I was out of town, I think, for the first meeting, but I was asked to be present for the second meeting because um, the first one had gone so long and there had been so much fireworks and so much confusion, um, and I was um, – Pleasantly surprised going to the second one, which I don't think lasted over an hour. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought at that point everything was, was wonderful. Everything was ducky and was shocked to find out that when the the party as a whole, the Republican um, Party Convention of Arkansas met, that there was a motion to, to not accept the um, – the delegation of 71 people from Pulaski County. Um, Wendy, what, how did that come about? Um, well, of course, the complaint was filed, um, I believe it was Thursday, which was the 21st. Is when That's when I heard about it. And so it was filed last minute, and I think 
my biggest concern with the complaint was that I felt like it was 100% politically motivated. Yeah. I felt like if they really had a problem with the ballots and the election process, then the time to address that would have been the day after the second half of the convention closed, which would have been on July the 8th. Right. Instead so of springing on you at the last waited, minute. Um, waited until 48 hours before the state convention was a big problem for me. Also, I'd like to note, I haven't seen this reported anywhere else, but um, on the first night of the convention, when it was apparent that there were most of the new members being elected as, or not elected, but nominated at first as delegates, Linda Dyson made several remarks. She was sitting in the front row, sort of diagonal for me. She made several remarks about how this was a hostile takeover and this was a coup. A coup. Specifically used the word coup, which I found um, pretty peculiar. But it was very evident to me on that first night that they were not happy. And then when we met the second night to wrap up the convention and the demeanor of what we'll call the establishment Republicans was a complete 180 from what it had been, I kind of felt like there was probably something up their sleeves, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So then, then fast forward, you know, the two days before the convention, we get this complaint letter, and it is unequivocally false. Like, everything that they allege in there was not accurate. Um, and, and what was so frustrating to me also is that I'm a member of North Pulaski Republican Women. And Linda, who's the, the president chair of um, North Pulaski, never once reached out to me to ask, what really happened. She just made a lot of assumptions. And, of course, those assumptions are what led to the 71 Pulaski County delegates being um, not allowed to be seated for the state convention. Wow. Um, Lori, what, what do you want to add to that? Well, I want to say that um, that the ballot, the final ballot that we used was uh, approved by the body. The body voted on that ballot to accept it and do pen and ink changes to the ballot. Um, and any any objections or challenges to the ballot could have been made. I asked three times, does anyone want to challenge the ballot? And no one spoke up all three times. They've had opportunity at any problems with that ballot to speak up at that time, and no one objected to the ballot. Everyone accepted it. We did the pen and ink changes, and everyone voted. Uh, I would like to point out that during this entire night, um, we had A.J. Kelly, who was legal counsel for the Republican Party of Arkansas, was present. We had uh, Senator Mark Johnson was our parliamentarian, um, our Second District Chair Melanie Gullick was there screaming at everyone the entire night. She oversaw the the counts, the vote counts on the ballots. And also the state party chair, John L. Fulmer, was there the entire night. And they alleged that rules were broken, but I still haven't been told what rules exactly were broken. Wow. They haven't told me. So I have no idea. Um, they do allege that I was not uh, impartial, but that was not true. Every 
Uh, every complaint was accommodated. Um, every, you know, I bent over backwards, uh, Wendy and I both did, to try and um, do things the way everyone wanted it done. We, uh, we made sure anyone, everyone that was wanted to be nominated was nominated that night. And, uh, you know, I don't think we could have done any more to accommodate the, the request that evening. And, and in fact, Linda Dyson wanted to make the motion to allow legislators and the constitutional officers an automatic seat as a state delegate. She made that motion. It failed. The body voted it down. But she was allowed to make that motion. I was completely impartial when I took the chair. Everyone got a chance to speak. Uh, everything was heard. So I would like to add that. Plus, I would like to add that she started to scream, Linda Dyson did, scream at our president, Pamela uh, Boyd Shields, and was uh, screaming that you're behind this. You, you know, you, you're, you're helping them. And she said something about people coming to meetings with tattoos and jeans, and I don't know what their morals are. So I understand her motivation. <laughs> you know, to me, you can be a Republican and have tattoos, and nobody was there in pajamas. There wasn't well, there in scrubs. Well, they had come from work. Okay, so if, I under, if I understand correctly here, uh, you could be a, a Republican, uh, you know, with tattoos, but jeans that that may be a bridge too far. Is that is that the concern here from Linda? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know what the concern is. She was off the rails that night. Yeah, um, yeah. They all were. Like I said, Melanie was screaming at everyone. Um, Linda Dyson was screaming. They were snatching papers out of people's hands, throwing them on the ground. Um, just the behavior that night. My daughter was there, and she said, "I cannot believe adults were acting like this." She said, but the kids I babysit, the five- and seven-year-old kids that I babysit behave better than these grown adults are behaving. And she was right. So Lin- um, it Lin- was unreal. So Linda Dyson, head of the North Pulaski Republican Women's Club, uh, Melanie, um, perhaps you could tell people her last name and what her position is. Her name's Melanie Gullick, and she is the second district chair. Oh, okay. So, so the chair of the Republican Party for the whole second district. I I don't know if you can hear me or not. I'm sorry. You 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 were explaining while I was trying to interrupt. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, she's just the second. Are you talking to me? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Or uh, she's the second district chair for the second congressional district. For the Republican Party for the whole congressional district. There are four congressional districts. Right. Uh, in the state, Correct. and the second district would would mostly be uh, Central Arkansas, um, right. and and so when you say Melanie was doing a lot of screaming at this meeting, um, I'm getting confused. Are we talking about the the meeting of the whole state Republican Party, or are we talking about the meeting of Pulaski County Republicans? The Pulaski County Republicans, the very first night that we met where yeah. we elected the delegate, yeah. that was the evening she was doing that. The second night, I believe, is when you were present. Yeah. And, you know, like Wendy said, they they were completely different than the way that they had behaved the first night. Wow. It makes you wonder why. Mm-hmm. Especially since... Well, now we know... <laughs> I'm sorry, Doc. Now oh. we know why, because they have this up their sleeve. 
I see. Because when I was there for the second meeting, it seemed like everything went smoothly. Uh, there mm-hmm. weren't going to be any problems. By the way, I, I looked up the definition of coup, C-O-U-P. Coup, a sudden, violent, and illegal seizure of power from a government. I haven't been able to find <laughs> a definition of a coup uh, which would uh, – be along the lines of a lot of new people getting involved and interested in a political process and having a vote. So that's uh, uh, right. And we were all members. It's hard to yeah, overthrow yeah. something when you're a member of the committee. You can't overthrow it. Yeah, yeah. So I think. And I would like to point out. Yeah, go ahead. I want to point out that Marlise Kerr got on the radio and invited people to come join the county committee, and they did. She did. I didn't know that. She, did. she was on Dave Ellswick in February and was talking about filing week during the time that candidates had to file. And she encouraged people to come join our county committee. And then was upset when people did, apparently. Right. Right. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, um, Marlise Kerr, was, if I understand correctly, was the chair of the Pulaski County Republican Committee. She is the chair. Oh, she is the chair. Okay, all right. So there's a difference between the Pulaski County Republican Committee and the Pulaski County Republican Convention? What what, what, what are we talking about here? I'm confused. Well, the convention is a special meeting, And for that one meeting, you have to elect a temporary and permanent chair and a temporary and permanent secretary. And Wendy and I were elected to those positions for that one meeting. Okay. So we we only we only served that one meeting, and then it went back to the normal secretary and chair of the county, which is Marlies Kerr. Is she's the the current county chair and to piggyback off of the off of what Lori just said just a little bit sure um i found out later on that the normal protocol for county conventions is that a temporary chair and secretary are elected but then once they are elected then then essentially quote-unquote power is turned back over to the county chair and secretary. And so I think that was like the first trigger of the night when they realized that power was not going to go back to Marlise, who was the chair of the Pulaski County Republican Committee, and then Reed Martin, who is the secretary of the Pulaski County Republican Committee. When they realized that Lori and I were going to do everything and not yield power back to them, that sort of like started the domino effect. Mm-hmm. I yeah. see. Because, I because the power is not supposed to go back to them until you have your your annual state meeting, right? Well, I think in years past, um, the temporary and permanent chair just sort of serve like at the very first part of the meeting. I'm sorry, the temporary um, chair and secretary. But yeah. then when it's time to vote for a permanent chair and secretary, the permanent chair and secretary 
of the county committee are put into the, those two positions, and that didn't happen. So instead of Lori and I being only temporary chair and secretary of the convention, we also were voted permanent chair and secretary of the convention as opposed to having turned over the chair, permanent chair and secretary back over of the, of the convention back over to the chair and secretary of the committee. I know it gets a little confusing. But, Amen. Um, yes. I mean, we can, we can elaborate <laughs> that a little more. But like Lori said, it is the convention, the county convention is a special meeting that really should only only be for one night, and it's specifically to elect delegates to the state convention where we go and meet with the rest of the counties in the state and vote on party platform issues, resolutions, rules changes, and that kind of thing as a body. Yeah, I, I think it might be helpful to tell how I met Marlies Kerr. Um, <laughs> I, I was asked to speak... Um, at the Pulaski County Republican Committee's Taco Tuesday meeting uh, that happened in early December of 2021. Um, and I was asked to speak, I think, a couple of months before the uh, the meeting. And then I got a call the day before the Taco Tuesday meeting. And... Um, it's from the guy who invited me to speak because apparently they wanted to, me to talk about being fired for not taking the vaccine and stuff like that and politics and whatever. Anyway, the guy called me and said, I've been asked to ask you when you speak tomorrow not to mention any of our local legislators. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was weird. I said it hadn't occurred to me to bring up state representative David Ray or state Senator Mark Johnson. That's what I told the guy. Uh, so what are you talking about? He's like, well, you know, French Hill. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, he said, look, at least, uh, having French would be better than having a, a Democrat like Joyce Elliott. And I said, well, you know, I would agreed with you until last week when French, voted with the Democrats for $400 million for this uh, national um, vaccine database for the federal government to keep track of our vaccination status in real time. He's like, what? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, well, uh, in, in that case, I, I don't care if you talk about him or not. I, I was just uh, <laughs> told to relay the message. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. So what I did when I when I had a chance to speak was I said, I've been asked not to speak about any of our local legislators, but I hope you don't mind if I mention some reasons to vote for somebody and nobody said anything, and I didn't know who Marlise Kerr was. I hadn't been introduced to her. So I just started saying things like, if you believe the idea that the November 2020 election was stolen is a fiction and a fallacy, then um, you ought to vote for French Hill in the primary because, you know, that's what he said. You know, if if you believe that um, Donald Trump, you know, his, uh, his statements leading up to January 6th are unforgivable, then you ought to vote for French Hill as your guy in, in, in the primary because that's what he said. And so I'm going through all this stuff. 
And um, when I about get to the point where I'm going to say, but I disagree with French, so I'm voting for Conrad Reynolds in the primary, this lady who I've never met, I don't have any idea who she is, has come up to the front of the room where I'm speaking in a microphone and starts talking into my microphone about we're all Republicans and we need to respect our elected uh, leaders. And I asked her if I was being censored, you know. So anyway, um, so maybe she felt like me using my First Amendment right to free speech was also part of a coup. I, I don't know. Um, and, and then, see, again, I had no idea who she was. Her husband, Alan Kerr, was sitting up front. I knew who he was because I met him before. And so next thing I know, he's asking me, and this is ironic, because when I interview liberals, people I disagree with, I tend to ask as difficult questions as possible, as politely as possible. And that's exactly what he did with me. He said, well, now, Doc, I've got a question. You say that you were fired. Um from your radio job for refusing to get the vaccine. But what about your predecessor? And I said, my predecessor, I don't know. What does Dave Ellswick have to do with this? He's like, no, no, no. I mean, the guy who <laughs> your, your successor, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Steve Finnegan. I said, well, Steve Finnegan was my regular fill in for a couple of years. And when he found out that cumulus was going to fire me, for not getting the vaccine, which he wouldn't get either, um, he uh, said, "Well, they're you know they just lost their fill-in host. I'm not going to do this anymore." And I said, "Okay." And and then when the program director, our friend Toby Howell, who had nothing to do with me getting fired, was not happy I was getting fired by corporate when he was in a jam because he couldn't find anybody to take the job because he offered it to several people and they either wouldn't get vaccinated, wouldn't move to Little Rock, or both. He asked Stephen Finnegan to fill in on a temporary basis and just use the same equipment I use for my home studio, and he could use it from his home because he couldn't come into the studio because he wasn't going to get vaccinated. See, because Alan Kerr, I think, thought I got him because Finnegan talks all the time about I won't get vaccinated. Well, that was that. But anyway... Um, mm -hmm. so that was my first real experience with the Pulaski County, uh, Republican committee. And I got the distinct impression, uh, that conservatism, um, was something they weren't too happy with. Uh, right. Well, and you know, the problem too, is that, um, it's, there, it's very secretive. Um, yeah. for yeah. example, we can't get lists of the members even when wendy was the secretary she requested the list of members and contact information because we had to send out a call for the second night of the convention and they refused to give it to her it had to go through the regular secretary so a lot of secrecy they don't for example this issue that happened with our delegates we had a meeting the night before um we had to go before the credentials committee it was not discussed when a gentleman tried to bring it up, it was, he was shut down. They don't want to talk about it. They want to pretend like this didn't happen. It's not going on. Um, they don't want to record meetings, which I, I did have some, and I didn't do it. But there was somebody 
um, that did record the, the convention or county convention and sent it to me. So we have a recording of who did what and who was behaving badly and who wasn't behaving badly. It's, it's an audio recording. And to me, why wouldn't you want to record your meetings and archive them for members just in case something is said and we need to go back and listen to something? It, there's just a lot of secrecy to me in this committee, and we should be transparent. We should be, Republicans should be transparent. We should be, um, you know, we should be including everybody, and that just isn't going on in our committee. Hmm. So let me ask you, um, you were saying that apparently at the the first meeting, which went to 2.30 in the morning, people were actually grabbing papers out of other people's hands? I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking, yeah, we're, um, talking a, 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 we're talking we're uh, talking adults here. Uh, I don't know if you can hear me or not. Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking adults here, not people in middle school. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't this qualify as assault? Well, I mean, I don't know if you would qualify it as an assault or not, but it's definitely childish behavior, snatching a list of names out of someone's hand and throwing it on the floor. Um, the, the behavior was real, was very, very bad, very bad the first night. Um, the so, second night was much better, yeah. um, but the first evening was just, they were out of control. So, and I find it ironic that the police were called on our people at the RPA, the night they were locked out of the building, our our folks that were there, the new people, all of the snoop folks, we we weren't misbehaving, we weren't screaming at people and 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 snatching things out of people's hands. That that wasn't the behavior that we were exhibiting. That was the other the other folks there, the older members. Yeah, that's that's insane. Now, I, I want to find out. Um, about your folks being locked out of the Republican Party uh, meeting, but um, I've got to uh, I've got to mention a couple of our sponsors here real quick, and uh, we do appreciate our sponsors uh, so much. Uh, folks like these guys make it possible for us to do what we do every day on the Doc Washburn Show. If you try to buy a car recently. You realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. 
If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live. RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401K or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there. And there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Okay, we are speaking with uh, Lori Justice, uh, chair of the Pulaski County Republican Convention, and Wendy Potter, uh, secretary of the Pulaski County Republican Convention. Um, So who was it, before we get to you guys being locked out of the Republican Party meeting for the whole state, who was it that was that was grabbing papers out of people's hands and throwing throwing them on the floor at the first Pulaski County Republican Convention meeting? That was Linda Dyson. Wow. Uh, did did she say why she was doing that? She was mad about them having a list. It was a list of people that they were going to vote for, and so she yanked it out of their hand and threw it on the ground. Good grief. And and to add to that, she was upset about a list being pre-printed and sort of organized, but what the dirty little secret is from her side is that she also had a list. It wasn't printed. It was circulating in group text. She had a list of about seven or eight people that she was actively, we'll call it campaigning for, for those people to be elected as state delegates. So she was mad about something that she was also doing. Wow. Um, so whose hand did she grab papers out of and throw them on the floor? I don't know. It was one of the new people. Oh, Okay. Okay. They told me about it later on. 
So, so you didn't see it happen. One of the new people um, told yeah. you about it later on, because right. um, I guess nobody said anything at the time. Because whoever whoever had the papers grabbed was probably in some some kind of shock. Like I can't believe this just happened. I think we were all in shock just witnessing the behavior that we that we saw. It was just unreal. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. They they um made several comments that we were unprepared and didn't know what we were doing. But another dirty little secret that they won't tell you is that in the past Pulaski County in my understanding anyway, Pulaski County has not ever had more nominees for delegate than they've had positions. So it's normally, from what I've been told, about 55 people that are elected as delegates by acclamation because there's 71 spots. So, of course, if you only have 55 people but you have 71 spots, then everybody gets in. Yeah. But um, I think what they were... What what they were thinking is if we have more than 71, like their thought process, had they been in control, I think would have been, well, if we have more than 71 people who want to be nominated, then we'll just cut nominations off at 71 so that we can vote all these people in by acclamation and we won't have to do a ballot vote. The way that Lori and I did things, um, we weren't we weren't okay with that. We felt like everyone who wanted their name to be thrown in the hat to become a delegate should have been allowed that opportunity, which is why we had, I think, I don't know if it was 100 people initially on the ballot. I want to say it was a hundred, roughly 100 people initially on the ballot. Um, so we had to do, we had to do a ballot. We couldn't just tell people, hey, you know, we only have 71 spots. Who wants to, to sit this one out? Which is right. how the, the committee has done it in the past. So, we go back to the old, uh, the old saying, "But we've never done it this way before," mm-hmm. and that's, that's exactly what happened. Yes, and in fact, at the end of the convention, Melanie said to me that they had never had a convention go two days before. Understand? It could. It took them like two, two and a half hours just to count all of the ballots because you have, I think, 95 or 98 ballots, and on each ballot it are 71 choices. Um, so it took a long time to count, and she told me, she said, we've never had it go two days, and and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember her exact words. Right. She was upset that there had been 71 people nominated from a list. And, you know, I said, well, these folks are all county committee members. Everybody who wants to be nominated to be a state delegate deserves to be nominated. And she mentioned that she had a county in the district that only had had like 51 delegates. And she said, we have never done ballots before. And I asked her, how did, how do you, how do you handle the election then? And she said, well, some people step back and say, well, I'll be an alternate. And they, they volunteer to be an alternate right. and, and that works in a non-contentious county where everyone trusts everybody and everybody treats everybody right. But when you have a county like ours that have been, you know, just 
I, I don't even know the word to use that they've been just so hateful to the new folks that doesn't work in that kind of a situation. You know, in that situation, you have to be fair and you have to let everybody who wants to be a delegate be nominated. Then you hash it out on a ballot and it's not the easiest way to do it, but it's the right way to do it. In my opinion, it's the only fair way to do it. Yeah. So, um, apparently what you guys want to do at first was just to, elect a slate of uh, of delegates and you're told in no uncertain terms that that wasn't going to go well no first we just wanted to have the slate nomination and we did that as a way to save time so one person got up and was going to read the 71 names that were on the list yeah. the pre-printed list but melanie would not allow that she said that that was slate nominations and that that was not allowed and so then people got up um, in line and one by one nominated each person on that list. Right. So essentially, yeah. like the same the same outcome was reached. It was just way more inefficient when you had seventy or eighty or ninety people reading one name as opposed to one person reading seventy one names. Yeah. Well, no wonder it was uh, that first meeting was time consuming. Well, and I want to point out, too, that when she was screaming about this, because this is one of the many things she was screaming about, um, that I told her that, and it's on the recording, we will not be closing nominations. It was never our intent to put our people, to, to nominate our you know all the new people, 71 new people, and then cut it off and say, okay, no more nominations. That was never the intent. The intent was just to make sure that everyone was able to be nominated who wanted to be nominated. And that includes the fo- the older folks too, the, the establishment people, all of them were nominated. And I told her, we're not cutting nominations off. Someone made a motion at one point in time, and I don't remember what election it was, if it was for state committee man or for this, I don't remember, but they made a motion to cease nominations. And I said, no, we will not be ceasing nominations until all nominations are heard. So that's what gets me about the whole, you know, them accusing me of being impar- or being being partial. You know, no, everyone who wanted to be nominated was allowed to be nominated. Yeah. So they didn't like that. No. Wow. So, um, you know, I think at this point it might be helpful for me to share with our listeners um, what uh, Alan Clark said about this whole uh, travesty. Well, first, b- before we do that, though, before we do that, um, what was this business about people being locked out of the Republican Party of Arkansas meeting? Well, the credentials hearing was held on the Friday, the day before the convention. And, of course, we didn't find out about it until the night before. So when we found out about the complaint and found out about the credentials hearing the next day, a group was was organized, a group of new members was organized, and we said, look, we, we need to be down there for support. 
and maybe they'll let us go in and tell our side of the story. Okay. And so there was a group of about 30 to 40 people, I would estimate, that showed up at RPA headquarters where the credentials hearing was being, being administered, I guess. Yeah. And they would not let us in. They lost, they, they, they let, um, I think it was Lori in first and then they let in Rob Steinbeck who was, who was the attorney. But they would not let them in the room at the same time to testify in front of the credentials committee and they made all of the supporters stand outside. There were two, at least two, Little Rock police officers in the building and I do know that right after I got there, I know that Jane English was inside the building because she came out of the building and was escorted to her vehicle by a Little Rock police officer. That's weird. So, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. They told Little Rock police that were there, we later heard that they were afraid that we were going to riot. Good. These are all elderly. Grief. Well, a big, a majority of these folks are elderly people. Okay, they're elderly people locked out of the RPA headquarters, and these are members of the Republican Party. These aren't just people off the street. They're members of the committee. They're delegates to the convention, and they won't let them inside. It's 101 degrees. And they won't let him in. In fact, a gentleman was trying to hold the door open for me when I had to go in to testify. And Melanie came over and started screaming at him and yanked the door out of his hand. And this is all on, you can go and watch Kenny Wallace's videos on Facebook. He was there and got everything on video. And, and you can watch it for yourself. So, I mean, it was just unreal. So... When she's yanking the door out of an elderly gentleman's hands, um, LRPD is just kind of standing around, not doing anything? Yeah, they were inside. Oh, so the police didn't witness that? Oh, I don't know if they did or not. They should have. They were standing right there in the lobby. Oh, good grief. Um, I would like to know where the money came from to pay these Little Rock police officers. I wonder if it came out of RPA funds or if it was PCRC funds. And we've yet to figure out who paid for that. But we do know that there were two, I assume, off-duty Little Rock police officers who were there providing security. Yeah. Uh, because you know, obviously that that would be an off-duty thing, just like when a a big church pays um, off-duty officers to to do traffic for people coming in and going out or whatever. Um, yeah, you got to pay them. Yeah, of course you have to pay them. But I want to know where the money came from. We are all members of the Republican Party of Arkansas and the Pulaski County Republican Committee, and so they paid off-duty police officers to keep us, their own members, out of the building and didn't even think about coming out and asking me to come in and testify in front of the Credentials Committee or others to come in and testify in front of the Credentials Committee to, to tell the Credentials Committee the comments that have been made to them. For example, you know, when Linda Dyson said that it was a hostile takeover and a coup. 
or when she told um, the one gentleman that this was their committee and you people came in to take over our committee and we're not going to stand for it. None of that was heard. It was a completely one-sided hearing, and at least two of the people who are on the credentials committee have serious conflicts of interest, in my opinion. One of them was Ryan James, who was elected as a Pulaski County delegate. Yeah. And, however, he was elected as an alternate, not not as a delegate, but as an alternate, I believe. Okay. And then um, Darren Waddles, who is Linda Dyson's son or grandson, I'm not 100% clear on that, but um, Linda Dyson obviously was the author of the letter. So they did, to my understanding, both recuse themselves from the vote, but that doesn't change the fact that they participated in it. They may not have voted, but they did participate in it. Yeah. Well, Darren Waddles did not. He he listened, but Ryan James did ask questions. And he, he was elected as a delegate, but um, during our convention, he um, he did lose his state committee man position to someone else, and I've been hearing that he was upset about that, in addition to the fact that he used to be employed by Alan Kerr, who also signed this letter, along with uh, Representative Carolyn Brown, who was not even there that night, and uh, Senator Jane English, who was there very briefly, and then she left. She didn't even witness um, what happened that evening, yeah. the majority of the evening. She wasn't even there. Um, but I do want to say that when I had to go and, and talk to the credentials committee, I did bring up the fact that Linda Dyson said you know, what she said that evening to the uh, new member, and they just blew it off. The questions were such that I knew where this was going. I knew what their findings were going to be by how the questions were being asked. And so um, it was no surprise to me at all when they came back and said they recommended us not be seated to the convention. Wow. Well, let me let me share with folks. And and, and by the way, um, just to clarify for our listeners, when they when they refer to a letter, they're talking about a letter that was written and signed by um, some longtime members of the Pulaski County Republican Committee who were upset. Um, it, it seems to me upset that conservatives were trying to take over this re- county Republican committee. Let me let me uh, read for you State Senator Alan Clark. Um, July 23rd, 1147 a.m., he put this on his Facebook page. He said, A terrible thing happened at the Republican State Convention today. Many of those who were on the wrong side of this issue were friends and well-intentioned. Others were not so well-intentioned. He says, we voted 303 to 295 not to seat the Pulaski County delegates. Ostensibly, that was because rules were broken in their county convention. Many voted based on that reasoning. There is no doubt, however, that an election was held with an agreed-on ballot and a fair vote. 
Our decision today would mean that any mistake, including intentional, in a county convention would disallow all county delegates from being seated in a state convention, no matter how innocent the delegates were or how well any irregularities had been corrected. That makes little sense. Innocent delegates can't serve even after irregularities are corrected. But that's not the real problem. The problem is the wrong people were elected. Trump has brought a lot of new people to the Republican Party that are impatient with the rate of change. The status quo feels downright under siege in some locales. Sorry, this is politics, and that is how it works. The majority, even if new, gets to run things. The Republican Party rebuffs these enthusiastic new members at our own peril, extreme peril. Today's vote was a terrible thing and a terrible signal, regardless of the innocence of some of my friends. We have to quit shooting ourselves in the foot. We better embrace enthusiastic new conservatives, and we better send a clear signal that we do. One of the people we refused to seat was Colonel Iverson Jackson, chair of the African-American Coalition and a member of our platform committee. Shaking my head. The group we excluded also included Steve Finnegan, military veteran and radio backup for both Doc Washburn and Brad Schmidt on KRN, and conservative Jewish law professor Rob Steinbuck, and Commander Pamela Boyd Shields, retired, President Pulaski County Republican Women, and a commissioner with the Arkansas Department of Veterans Affairs. Oh, my. So that was Alan Clark shortly after the Republican Party of Arkansas voted by a very narrow margin not to seat the delegates from the mm-hmm. Pulaski County Republican Party. Um, what, what do you all think about Alan's words? I guess we'll go first to Lori Justice. Well, I think he's right. People are getting involved all over the country. This isn't something that's just happening in Pulaski County or even just in Arkansas. You know, people are realizing that if they want change, you have to step up and do something. You can't sit on the couch. You've got to join committees. You've got to get involved. You've got to change things at the local level because we we can't change things in Washington. But we can change things in our own backyard. We can change things here. And people are beginning to understand that they have to get motivated and they have to be part of that. And, you know, I want to say, too, that, um, you know, you were you're talking about um, um, the you know people, the narrow margin that this that, you know, we were defeated. Yeah. Well, I've had people since um, since that weekend since we've started doing interviews and getting the other side of the story out there, I've had a lot of people contact me and say, if I knew 
what I know now, then I would not have voted the way I did. I would not have voted against you all, but I didn't know that. So understand we had such a brief period of time to get our story out to people. You know, we, we were notified on Thursday that we had a complaint. Saturday was the convention. So we didn't have a lot of time to reach out to these other counties and share our story, um, which was probably part of the reason they waited so long to file this. But, um, you know, it, it's just, uh, it, it's one of those things, and we're just trying to keep this out there. Um, it was wrong, and it shouldn't have happened. So, Wendy Potter, you feel like the fix was in? I do. I feel like it was in all along, and I knew something was going on the second night of the convention when their demeanors have completely changed from the first night of the convention. I feel like they knew exactly what they were doing when they filed the letter less than 48 hours before the state convention, and I have, I've heard recently that that letter, that complaint letter, was floated at least a week before it was actually filed. So they had it in the works, but I will never be convinced of anything other than that they waited until the very last minute to sort of maximize the, the impact. I think it was in all along. But what I also know is that the new people that are on the, the Pulaski County Committee are true conservatives. They are people who are not going to give up easily, and we're going to make sure going forward that we are doing everything that we can to hold these politicians and these legislators' feet to the fire on the platform. They sign a pledge when they sign up to run for office, say that they will follow the party the party platform, and there's a lot of them who have not followed through on that promise to adhere to the platform. So they need to know that we're watching them, and we're going to do everything that we can to hold them accountable. Wow. So, um, so where do you go from here? Well, I think now um, the convention is over. What's done is done. But I think the best thing to do now is to understand, for both sides really, to understand that we have to get on the same page and we have to present a united front going forward regardless. We can have personal differences with people, but... At the end of the day, we are here to advance the conservative cause, so we have to get along. And that doesn't mean compromising our principles. That means figuring out a way to work together to get the wins that we need at every single level of government, from school boards to city councils to quorum courts to state legislators, all the way up to the to the president. We have to do whatever it is that we have to do to get on the same page and to work together. The example that I use is when you talk to the left, everyone knows that they're crazy. Everyone knows that the the men can get pregnant agenda that they're pushing is 100% nuts, and it's not obviously based in, in science. Right. But if you ask any Democrat, they're going to tell you the same thing. Yes, men can get pregnant because they're better than we are at presenting a united front. No matter how crazy their crazy is, they're all on the same page. That's what we have to do. But we have to advance the 
the conservative cause, not the crazy stuff. Not the men can get pregnant, the gender fluidity, the all the crazy stuff that's coming from the left. We have to counter that, but we have to counter it as a group, as a united front, on the same page. Work out personal differences at some other some other time, but we have to get on the same page and work together. So, um, going forward, it, uh, I, I apologize. It, it's difficult because I can't see you guys. That was Lori's voice, and then I go to Wendy, right? That was Wendy. Oh, uh, Wendy, I apologize. See, you guys don't look all that that much alike, but you you, you sound similar, uh, Wendy. So, so Lori, let me ask you. Um, and you guys explained to me the distinction earlier in the interview between Pulaski County Republican Committee and uh, Pulaski County Republican Convention, which is this kind of a, a one-shot annual deal. Um, so you have all these new members of Pulaski County Republican Committee. When do you get to vote for a, a new head of the Pulaski County Republican Committee? We get to vote for a new chair in January. Okay. Because I would think that at that point, the current longtime chair uh, might have uh, a significant opponent. She might. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yep. Is there anything you guys want to want to add to this? I, I think we've uh, let people know what's what's going on, and um, it's um, it's very concerning to me that folks that I would call rhinos are trying to keep the conservatives from having any power. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I think that I want to thank you for getting the word out there. You know. I'm just asking people to share what happened. You know, Wendy did an interview with Conduit. I did an interview with Conduit. Yeah. Um, the Epic Times did an article. You know, you've got this podcast. Stephen Finnegan spoke to Toby Howell. And we just have to get this out there because if this just goes quietly into the night, which is what they're wanting to happen, then nothing's going to, to come from this. We have to prevent this from happening. We need to continue to talk about this, and we need to get our side out there, and we need to make sure this doesn't happen again because this election was stolen. Yeah. I mean, these are duly elected delegates that were not allowed to vote at the convention. So, and that's just that's not right. So, Lori, would it be possible for people to join the Pulaski County Republican committee between now and January. Yes. And I encourage them to come do so come to the meetings. Okay. So contact me right now. We're kind of in limbo. You know, we got kicked out of the RPA headquarters. They won't let us hold our meetings there anymore. So it's kind of up in the air where the meetings are going to be held but, um, you know, I'm on Facebook. Uh, it's Lori Justice, L-O-R-R-I-J-U-S-T-I-C-E. Wendy Potter's on Facebook. Um, reach out to us if you're interested. And if you're not in Pulaski County, almost every county has got a Republican committee. Go join that committee. Bring your friends who are conservatives. And 
and just start getting involved in participating. That's how we change. Yeah, absolutely. And so let me make sure I understand. Um, the Pulaski County uh, Republican Committee is no longer allowed to meet at the Republican Party of Arkansas building in downtown Little Rock? Correct. For now. Um, so our meetings will be have to, will have to be held off-site somewhere. Did, did anybody explain why the Republican Party of Arkansas came to that decision? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So the first explanation, what I've heard is the first explanation is because Rob Steinbuck stood in a chair um, and explained to everybody about the, uh, on, on that Thursday night, our regular committee meeting, he explained about the hearing the following evening uh, at four o'clock where we had to go before the credentials committee. He had asked to use the microphone and they denied him use of the microphone. So he stood in a chair and proceeded to read the letter and tell everyone. And so the first concern was that he could have fallen and gotten hurt, and that would have been on their insurance. The second reason is because the night of our uh, the hearing at the credentials committee, supposedly what Linda Dyson says is somebody followed her home, now, which is, is hard for me to believe because, you know, all of our the folks that were all with us, all the new people, we were in the front of the building waiting to see what happened. So I don't know who would have fallen Linda Dyson home, but she said that was the case, and so that was the other reason that we're not allowed to meet there. Which is weird because isn't Linda Dyson still a member of the Pulaski County Republican Committee? Mm-hmm. She's still a member. So let me make sure I understand this. So she complained and doesn't want the committee that she's a member of to continue meeting at the Republican Party of Arkansas headquarters, but she's still a member of the committee, so wherever they do meet, then somebody could still follow her home. I, 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 none of this makes sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Wow. Um, before I let you guys go, um, most people listening to this will be listening to the podcast after the fact, but I do have several comments here from folks who are listening to the live stream, listening to this in real time. Uh, one of them says, Kenneth Wallace, one of the delegates who took footage of the scene outside of the RPA's building, recorded whom he told the Epic Times was 2nd District Chair Melanie Gullick using the American flag to block him from filming the proceedings while having law enforcement tell them they can't be on the property and threatening them with arrest. Uh, part of my mm-hmm. contribution to this article, and it links to the Epic Times. Threatening with arrest. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else here. That hears, was the night that they were locked out of headquarters. Yeah. Somebody else here says she yanked it out of Kenny's hand. She yelled, let go of the door now. Wow. Um, Let's see. Somebody else is linking to a YouTube video showing uh, how some Pulaski County delegates were treated. Um, Somebody else says, Sarah Joe Reynolds, Melanie Gullick, and Linda Dyson need to be removed from the Republican Party of Arkansas. They are a 
cancer and an interview with Robert Steinbuck about the injustice done at the RPA State Convention, and it links to um, a YouTube video there. Um, oh, good grief. My old buddy Carl Watson says, I don't know who would want to follow her home. He's confused. Um, well, I'm sorry. Was somebody else trying to get in the conversation there? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I just accidentally unmuted. No, 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 no. That's okay. Um, so, Lori, uh, Wendy, um, anything else you guys want to add before we uh, before we wrap this up? I think the only thing that that I had was just um, for anybody who's listening, if you haven't gotten involved, get involved. Get involved to support your candidates, whether that's door knocking for your candidates, whether it's running for office yourself. Get involved at every single level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then, and the only other thing I can say is, you know, I encourage people to go to Kenny Wallace's Facebook page because he's been at everything. He he was a delegate. And if, if you want to see what happened yourself, go to his go to his his Facebook page and you can see the videos. We can tell you everything we want to tell you, but you can see it yourself. Right, right. And it's uh, Kenny uh, Wallace. Last name is W A L L I S. Right. Very good. All right, uh, Lori Justice and Wendy Potter. We really appreciate you both coming on the program today. And we encourage people to go to y'all's Facebook pages um, because at some point soon, I'm sure you're going to be announcing where the Pulaski County Republican Committee will be meeting and people can get involved. Right. Right. Well, thank you for having us. All right. Thanks for having us, Doc. We appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for for hearing our side. Yes, ma'am. God bless y'all and Godspeed. Thank you so much. Wendy and Lori, we appreciate you. Thank you. All right. All right. What is so important to the rhinos that they don't want conservatives involved in Republican politics in this state? Fascinating, isn't it? All right, look, we uh, we really appreciate our advertisers. They are our friends, and they make it possible for us to do what we do here every day. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas which only weighs two ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, 
even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Thanks again to my friends, Dr. J.R. Crabtree and Dr. Tanya Crabtree, Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. Uh, They're also our advertisers, not just our friends, but our advertisers and also my doctors. I appreciate y'all. All right, I think it's about that time. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online, have it delivered to your front jo- front door anywhere in the continental U.S. All right. Today's tweet of the day from the great Kurt Schlichter, attorney and retired Marine colonel. His tweet of the day says, my new town hall Dot com VIP column is free, and you might be able to get a free signed book, too. I give, and I give, and I give. And the name of the column is Everything is Worse, and You're Just Supposed to Take It. So let's read the column he links to in today's Tweet of the Day. He says, If you peasants can be convinced to settle for less, that would sure be convenient for our garbage ruling caste. Since it has proven itself utterly incapable of even of even marginal performance in achieving merely the bare minimum standards of its job, do you have security? How about prosperity? Does the future look bright? No. No. Everything is much, much worse now than it was just a few years ago, and you are insane, stupid, and or an insurrectionist for merely noticing, much less saying so. It's all a conspiracy theory, the conspiracy being seeing and talking about what everyone sees is happening right in front of us. Speaking of worse, why are 90% of airplane passengers complete idiots starting the moment they get on board. He says, lower your expectations, serfs. You're asking for too much, you terrible person. You want cheap gas and a functioning supply chain, air conditioning, and not to have to eat bugs. But most of all, you expect the elite to actually do its job, and for that, you are terrible and racist. Burns litter our streets figuratively and in ghastly form, literally. Pardon me, not burns, bums. Bums litter our streets figuratively and in ghastly form, literally. Criminals run rampant, unmolested, 
by the gendarmes, the police, who have been told expressly and impliedly to let the crooks be. Our economy is sensational, groovy, glorious, except for the inflation and the hollowing out of your 401k. Try to buy a house instead of renting. Just try. The globalist elite has failed in doing what we want, but it seems to be doing what it wants. It is gathering power and payoffs unto itself, and that is precisely the goal. If we are worrying about feeding our families and they control the food, then we are less likely to get uppity and demand that our elite not suck. The problem for them is that, at least in America, we still have some power to change things without conflict. But elsewhere, where the path to peaceful change is blocked by undemocratic regimes, it's getting ugly. In Sri Lanka, where the government decided to ban fertilizer because some Nimrods in Davos, Switzerland, of the World Economic Forum wished to appease an angry weather goddess, they rebelled. In Holland, the Dutch farmers are rebelling in order to save their farms from a similar fate. But in Canada, the truckers rebelled, and they were crushed. Now Trudeau Cellini is trying the same fertilizer scam. Who had famine in Manitoba on his 2022 bingo card? And here in America, they tried to ban modern guns. I wonder why. The real defining election issue for the next couple of decades is going to be whether we choose to move into a future of shared prosperity where everyone lives free and safe and well, or whether we move toward the World Economic Forum feudalism model where we own nothing, have no freedom, and obey our unaccomplished overlords. That's how we need to put it. If you vote for a Democrat, you vote for tampon shortages and auto burglaries, at least for the time being, until they can ban private automobiles. Oh, and let's not forget mutilating your kid, both mentally with critical race theory and physically with surgery, via elite gender nonsense. They really do hate you, and they really do want you dead or enslaved, and until every Republican politician gets that, until they learn what time it is, we're going to merely manage the decline instead of going on the counteroffensive and wreaking these people and their trash ideology once and for all. I guess that's a typo. He means wrecking them. And then he says, are people on planes getting dumber? Yes, definitely. I've had to fly a lot in recent weeks in connection with my new nonfiction book entitled We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America. Six weeks, six trips. One thing has become abundantly clear. People are getting dumber, and there's no better demonstration than taking an airline flight. First of all, flights are unbelievably expensive. It's incredible. An economy ticket is what a first-class fare would have been when Trump was in office, and now a first-class ticket requires your firstborn. And for some reason, the crews now feel like they have to talk to you all the time. Safety briefing? Fine. But I don't need the pilot's musings on his thoughts about life. Just fly the plane. If we're hitting turbulence, warn us. Tell us when we're arriving. 
Otherwise, silence. I want to sit there and stew unharangued. And no, I do not need to hear about your wonderful credit card offers or be warned not to drink my own booze like every normal person I hit the bar before I fly instead of sneaking snorts of McAllen in my seat like a teen raiding dad's liquor cabinet. Here's one idea, though. Adequate ground staffing so that there's more than one person checking luggage for 300 people. It's like every flight is a surprise. Gee, who would have thought a 777 would hold a lot of people? And the passengers, cue the circus music. Look, I don't think you need a top hat and tails to fly. But a lot of these people dress like hobos who got vomited up by other hobos. The boarding process is a parade of muffin tops and tacky tats. Thanks for the glimpse of your pierced navel, lady. Here's an idea. Wear a shirt. Carry-on luggage. Who is unaware that bin space is tight and that your steamer trunk won't fit? Check your bags, people. I was consigned to steerage once, and this dude from some bizarre foreign country is sitting there, and in the foot space where my feet go is this giant loot. I think it was an oud. Now, an oud... That's an Arabic, it's a short neck, lute type, pear-shaped, fretless stringed instrument, just so you know, just so you know. So that was taking up the foot space where Kurt Schlichter was supposed to put his feet. He says, and he looks at me like I'm the idiot when I say, Hey, you need to get your blanking ood out of my seat. We did not chat on the flight, so some good came out of it. (laughs) And then he says, crying kids, I get it, been there. Crying kids are part of life, and we need to deal with it. He says, I'm not not complaining about that. We need strong, young-to-fight communists, so children should be encouraged and parents rewarded instead of hassled, but you don't have to let your kid Sing a song, unless it is Love Will Tear Tear Us Apart or Anarchy in the U.K. That would rock. Then there are the mask people with their mask children. I don't wear masks because I am a man, so I get dirty looks when they have to sit around me. Drones. Oh, and another thing. Do not have long, loud cell chats as we board. Hi, getting on the plane. Call you when I land. That is the totality of an appropriate cell phone call on a plane, not some lengthy digression about how Lou and marketing was telling Sheila to get her TP-46 forms organized, but she thought he said TP-47 forms and shenanigans ensued. (laughs) Just sit there on the plane in uncomfortable silence as Team Dumbass tries to figure out how storage bins work. Rant complete. All right, so that is Kurt Schlichter. Over townhall.com, his new article, Everything is Worse and You're Just Supposed to Take It. And that is our Tweet of the Day, brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Okay, so you've been listening to Episode 209 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, 
Directed by Mick Messy, this has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier the Tenth. And that's the way it is. Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022.